0: Okay. Welcome everyone to another Fireside Chat. And Sabrina, thank you for making it out here from Atlanta for our conversation today. So, you know, one big conversation we're definitely having this time of year is bid season. What are you kind of looking at? What do you think, where do you think rates will fall? How do you, how do you kind of foresee this bid season, um, you know, faring?
1: So I don't anticipate rates to wildly change between now and when we jump into the prime bid season. Um, but what I'm encouraging my team and one of the things that we're really working on is being as strategic as possible and how we set this up and leaning into our strategic strategic carrier partnerships. Um, one of the things that I really push on my team is when things are quiet, this is when we need to do all of our work. Mm. Um, this is when we need to get our ducks in a row. When the market is wild and crazy and you're just trying to hold on and, and get stuff moving, it's a totally different landscape. Now's the time to set things up for that, and leaning into our strategic carrier partners is really going to be a big part of that.
0: And what, when you look at a strategic carrier partner, what's sort of the big, um,
1: the big traits that you look for? What's what's really important
0: uh, for setting up those relationships?
1: So, definitely capabilities. Um, regional. Uh, we have a pretty broad portfolio of products. It's all over the U.S. So. What regions are are carriers really successful? And then technology is pretty big. So being able to uh, leverage the technology of the carrier and being able for that carrier to marry up with our technology. So um, leveraging the ability to get proactive information around whether we're going to be delivering on time versus finding out after the fact. Things like that to proactively be able to manage the network and manage the risk in a way that um, I think is really critical right now, given what's going on with supply chains.
0: And do you foresee, um, you know, balancing contract and spot for you? do you foresee leaning more into contract in the future? Or do you kind of foresee, you know, balancing brokers as well as those um, those core carrier partners?
1: So uh, for our network, we have a pretty good mix. It's probably 80-20 mix of there are several lanes and they're critical lanes that don't, they're not a good fit for a contract rate. Right? There's heavy seasonality. Um, or we've got specific customers that, that it, it's not a good fit for. So we are going to always have a mix between that contract and leaning into the spot market. And it's just where and how we leverage them. Um, as we look at how brokers play in our network, For As I give my team guidance, one of the things that I look for is uh, how does that broker, what does that broker bring to the table to help differentiate either our service, our cost, or just our visibility from a technology standpoint?
0: Okay, okay. So I guess zooming out a bit, obviously 2020, 21, beginning of 22, those were times where CPG companies saw incredible growth, incredible demand on volume. What were kind of some of the lessons learned from
1: that, I imagine, two, two and a half year sprint? Um. So I think one of the big lessons that many companies and, you know, us included, but also as we we had several conversations with our customers, is looking at the supply chain holistically versus just like, so I'm over the transportation department, but, We need to very heavily partner with our fulfillment partners. We need to look from end to end and make decisions based on risk associated with that full picture. So digging a little, doing a double click into that more, how do we think about flow in and out of a facility? How do I think about yard space and the utilization and what I can flow in and out? And how do the carriers complement what my network needs in a way that will allow me to maximize the throughput or optimize the throughput within my network holistically? And that's how looking for that value is the best way to manage that budget in conjunction with leaning into those strong strategic relationships. If you play the short game and just chase cost, then it's it's going to be a quid pro quo. So it's meant the minute that the market is one direction, you're going to see people jumping ship If you, versus if they go in the other direction. So the other thing that we leaned into was how do we lean into our core carriers and, key, and let's get through this together mm-hmm. versus... Hey, let's chase this. Or, 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 and I think it's paid off. I feel like we've we've really leaned into and um, built some very strong carrier relationships that, in any market, we've we're working together to figure out solutions.
0: Yeah, it's interesting because I feel like there's a constant conversation about how do we smooth out the really rapid ups and really, you know, tragic downs. I guess of the trucking industry and the trucking market and freight. Um, I guess you you kind of foresee that things might like smooth out going forward as we as we continue to move towards uh you know more of these strategic partnerships rather than just chasing the spot freight. I mean, obviously um from your viewpoint, from your vantage point, you're at, you know, a larger, more predictable type of company with more, you know, not not as many wrap it up and downs as maybe a, a smaller business or a smaller manufacturer. I guess how what do you kind of foresee for the larger transportation sphere in terms of
1: these rapid ups and these rapid declines? So I do think it's a little post COVID and with everything going on economically globally, um, there's good. I I do believe we're going to continue to see some of these ups and downs and these rapid disruptions. During COVID, one of the one of the things you know a lot of companies were doing is looking at how they can. Become more agile and become more resilient as we're hit with some of these rapid ups and downs. That said, for the freight and the carrier market, I don't see a, a space where you're not felt. That's not felt by the carrier market. That said, I do think that the more that we put partners strategically with key carriers, then we're working together to work through mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. So, if you lean into a handful of your strategic carriers and you're working together to solve those problems together then it, it's going to be a more cohesive solution versus going out and doing it. And I think that more in the, in the supply chain, one of the things that we do need to do is solving problems, even shipper and receiver together. Mm-hmm. That's going to be the most optimal solution, whether it comes to sustainability, cost, or even service. Mm-hmm. So the, I think that leaning into be, looking at those problems together and then just being prepared for them in a different way. I don't think they go away.
0: Okay, okay. So we've been talking about, you know, generally shippers re-exam- reexamining, uh, having conversations about their networks. What would you say are kind of like some of the big, let's say, three metrics that you're following going forward in terms of measuring that sort of supply chain efficiency and
1: throughput? So one of the things from my seat I think is critical is going to be on-time delivery is not going anywhere, but on-time pickup is going to become more and more a topic of conversation that we really lean into because that's going to be the metric that um, impacts my network from an efficiency standpoint. Um, of course, cost doesn't go anywhere. That, that, that's always going to be a metric that we're leaning into. But I think on-time pickup is one of the ones that we're going to really have, more heavily lean into. That and then truckload utilization. How do, we, how do we lean into those two to drive cost and better service, which cost and service conversation still persists, It's just looking at it from a different angle? that on-time pickup, when I think about the total flow within a network, um, is really critical for that site either managing their inbound and outbound flow, and it's important for the drivers. So that's going to be an area where it's going to bring the shippers closer to the drivers. Uh, It's it's interesting because, you know, drivers who
0: I speak to, they talk a lot about how they're, you know, they've got these attention time issues, but then on the shipper side, there's a lot of conversation on around on-time pickup. So it's, it's almost like, who is seeing the delays? Is it the drivers? Is it the shippers? Is it is it everyone? Is it no one? I guess where, um, like, like how do you navigate this kind of the conversations around attention time while also needing to kind of optimize for on-time uh, pickup and deliveries?
1: I mean, the answer is both. Both, there's inefficiencies in both. I think the more crisp we are with our data and being able to dig into drivers of the why mm-hmm. we'll be able to diagnose because, and there's an emotional component to it too, because we see it, yeah. you know, the site's behind. So then the drivers all know that they, they'll, so they'll show up a little bit later because they don't want to wait. So how do we control that piece and really build that confidence? But in addition to that, um, building the confidence in the drivers, right? So be, being confident that that carrier is going to be within the one or two hours that you need them to show up at the facility um, but it's in both. And I think technology is what sits in the middle of being able to help us diagnose where we have those problem statements to be able to address it.
0: And how do you improve truckload utilization in your, from your
1: perspective? So I think that's further upstream for us where we're doing more analytics on flow through the network, but also, you know, whether it be order smoothing or how we're looking at utilizing that, that equipment, looking at maybe different equipment types. Um, there's an element for us where, just shipping empty air, you know, no one wants to pay for that. So it's just leaning into that space as a cost lever in this market where you don't want to go beat up carriers for more rates. Let's let's look about making more efficiency, creating more efficiencies within the supply chain. And that's one of the areas where there's obviously plenty of room to improve.
0: And for bid season this time around, kind of jumping back into that, are you are you kind of seeing more of this move towards one-year contracts, um, moving away from the mini-bids that kind of became popular over the last few years? I guess, what's, what's your viewpoint on that or outlook on that?
1: I don't think mini-bids go away given there's always change and you need that outlet for just anything, you know, whether it's a service issue or just some kind of volume increase in your network. So that, you leave space for that. Um, but I do think that, continuing to lean into the longer relationships, or the sorry, the longer contracts, so that you get time to work through those market cycles. It's going to become a little more difficult because market cycles are shorter now, so you're seeing disruptions happen within a full year. But I, I do believe that leaning into those relationships and working through those things together is going to be the best outcome when you think three and four years out.
0: And do you see brokers as part as one kind of strategic partner or are you kind of thinking more of those carrier relationships
1: no brokers can be a strategic partner as well Brokers okay. can definitely be a strategic partner as well it's just about the differentiated offering that they may bring
0: okay okay i guess where do you hope um where do you hope your transportation network is in i guess the next two to three years what kind of what kind of like the big things you're looking out for and i guess what's your five-year plan basically <laughs>
1: So if I were queen for a day, I envision more, um, like I said, more thinking about the transportation piece, but holistically. When you think about logistics spend, total supply chain, um, the push for visibility and, and choices and being able to assess risk, that transportation cost or those transportation options to be able to meet those risks and to be able to um, mitigate those risks, that being the forefront of the conversation versus the this is what we pay on the back end. So continuing down that path, so the more that we can bring technology and strategy to the space, which it's, it's been there, but bringing visibility to it mm-hmm. so that we can inform upstream conversations, whether it be in the innovation space, whether it's in the total supply chains planning space for a company or a business within the company, having a seat at the table.
0: Mm-hmm. Where what, do you, what would you say are the big hurdles it, uh, around increasing visibility then?
1: Um, I think... For increasing visibility and in some of the hurdles, there's one, it's when you have a mixed network of different carriers, so that it's on the shipper or it's on the receiver to be able to bring all of that together. And that's just kind of part of the the industry. So it's bringing all of that information to one place. Um, I think the other pieces is, is the reliability of it because we do still have some pieces of um, how we pull that information together that either is, uh, you know, maybe a day or two stagnant, or it's just based on what, you know, is coming in. So because we're so reactive and day-to-day, we expect things to be perfect the minute that we look at it, Mm -hmm. but we have to understand how to digest that data and look for trends versus looking for um, information to be perfect when we look into it.
0: Okay, okay. Yeah, I feel like one, one thing I also hear about around visibility is just ensuring that carriers are also into the system. They want to use this technology... Is that something that you come across, or is that something that um, most of the carriers that you work with are kind of on board for for that?
1: Uh, So, no. I mean, I think it's a standard thing. You know, some carriers are better than others. And then in conjunction with that, each one of these shippers has a different platform, a different way that they want to receive the technology, so... Um each carrier is having to deal with, okay, these 50 different ways that they need to be able to share that. So it's just a balance. But uh, but y- yes, we do deal with, you know, some carriers behave better than others. And so nurturing some of those relationships in a way, and sometimes you have to cut ties. Sometimes it's not a good fit for what mm-hmm. you bring to the table as a shipper, and they may be a better fit for another shipper.
0: We've got just a mi- about a minute left in this conversation. I guess, what are you hoping, if you could impart some, you know, words of wisdom or, or sort of uh, perspective to the brokers and the carriers and the audience, I guess, what, what would you kind of want to impart upon them?
1: I think continuing to be forward thinking as we try to, as an industry become as more, as much more proactive than reactive, just continuing to bring the forward thinking and differentiated services. I think that's helpful because it helps us as shippers think outside the box, think about and, and look at things in a different way. Um, and even it, overarchingly helps us think about our supply chains in a different way. So the more that you bring differentiated services or even just data and analytics to look at things and bottlenecks differently, that helps the overarching because what we're trying to do is just optimize flow and maintain our costs. So Great. Sabrina, thank you so much.